Hello, my friends, and welcome to Healing and Hope Through Grief. Thank you for coming back. And if this is your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. Alrighty, I am feeling really good about this recording. Happy-ish holidays. How to navigate your grief during the holiday season. Today, I am coming at you with my list of things that I've compiled mentally until recently that help me navigate the holidays. I know you've heard me say that for many, this is not the most wonderful time of the year, but actually maybe one of the most difficult. When we grieve, we often are in constant longing. I know I certainly am for our loved one. Holidays, birthdays, special occasions, and most definitely Christmas all seem to amplify this loss. For those of you grieving the loss of a parent, there likely could be traditions that were formed because of your parent, and now with their death, there seems to be a huge hole. This could be the same for any relative. Grieving a sibling comes with a lot of pain during the holidays as well. The memories that you shared, all of those little inside jokes that only your brother or sister understood, all of the loss floods back with the Christmas movies, the Christmas songs, and family gatherings. In my case, the death of my daughter, Sophia, Christmas just radically, radically changed. Her stocking has remained now unfilled for seven years. Gifts are not under the tree with her name. I don't get to wish her a Merry Christmas and tell her how much I love her on Christmas morning. And there's an empty chair at our Christmas dinner table. Never mind the massive gaping hole in my heart. This out-of-order loss has made the holidays treacherous for me at times. Most definitely, the first few years were the hardest. As I was just working on breathing and digesting the shock and numbness. Over the last few years, I've began to navigate the holidays in a way that works for my family and I. The first few years, I felt so much melancholy, all-encompassing numbness that just seemed to squash any fun or joy or peace. All around me, life was bright and full-blown. Everyone seemed so full of Christmas cheer. Christmas lights burned bright, stores were crowded with bows and jingle bells, yet my broken heart perceived the merriment as an overblown charade. This communal celebration made me feel even more distressed. I mean, I understood others' joy, but I just wasn't feeling it. The fact of the matter was, I had two other surviving children that needed me. They were in deep grief themselves, and they deserved Christmas. I simply couldn't crawl up in a ball and hide under the covers. I realized that my lack of celebration bore witness to the fact that I could not fix our grief. There was no Christmas message that would ever take the hurt away. There would never be a present that I could gift them that would replace their sister. No prayer that would ensure our happiness. One of us would always be missing. We truly all tried our best to celebrate Christmas in our own way. Very slowly, we picked up the pieces of our lives and redefined what Christmas meant to us. 
freed from what it was supposed to look like, it's liberating to decide for ourselves what it should look like. I can well imagine now that we will continue to redefine how we celebrate this festive season with the coming of years as we learn to further navigate through our our grief. We keep things simple. We practice gratitude. We rejoice in being together. And the bottom line is we don't overcomplicate anything. I want to share some quick and simple strategies that have worked for me. I mean, guys, this is what this podcast has always supposed to be. It's always supposed to be about just easy ideas that perhaps might spare you a teeny tiny ounce of pain. Maybe an idea that might resonate resonate and ignite a spark in you that helps you navigate your own unique grief journey. So my number one strategy was, or is, definitely still is, self-care. And I'm going to say, I might always say this first, regardless of what grief-related topic we are discussing. Yeah, like remember this one. If you're in an airplane and the engine is failing, you need to put your own oxygen mask on first. How the hell can you help anyone else or be present for anyone else if you yourself cannot breathe? Think about that. Really, really, really think about that. And by all means, feel free to backtrack here. I have an episode on self-care that I personally need to re-listen to myself. It's all about self-compassion, self-love, and self-care. Burnout is real, and grief exhaustion is brutal. Your body keeps the score. That's a good book, by the way. I think it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And if you're not caring for yourself, it's game over. Okay? Self-care. Tune into your grief emotions. Grief will not take a back seat during the holidays. If anything, it's coming to the forefront. And more often than not, it's magnified. Please remember to be kind to yourself. And remember all feelings can coexist. For example, you can miss your person and have fun at the same time. A very important point that I want to bring to light is that it may be tempting to numb yourself with alcohol or drugs during the holidays. Anticipating the difficult emotions and preparing ahead will help because I'll tell you, numbing will only make things worse. Alcohol is a depressant. So while you may feel numb for a short period, how you feel afterwards is way, way worse. And simply not worth it. If you want to shut your brain off for a while, I get that. What do I do? My absolute number one most reliable strategy. And those of you that know me likely will know what I'm going to say it is. Okay? My number one most reliable strategy is to work out. Let me just say, I am so eternally grateful for the gym that I belong to. Thank you, Blair's Bootcamp, for providing me with that, this opportunity 
to channel my grief and partake in these awesome workouts that I believe truly heal my heart. Honestly, guys, just get out and move your body however you can. Get out and uh, go for a brisk walk, a bike ride, run, practice yoga, stretch, put on some uplifting music and dance in your kitchen. Whatever you can do, do it. I won't get into all of the reasons and like fact-based information of how this is going to help you, but please just believe me, this is one thing that is very reliable and will work. It works for me and it will work for you. This leads me into my most recent recordings, my grief survival tips. Here's a little refresher, <laughs> okay? Drink water, move, aka exercise, get outside, eat, rest, and shower. Yeah, those are my six earth-shattering tips to help you get through your day. So, okay, I'm getting a little bit off topic, as per usual. Back to our holiday survival guide. Our number one is self-care. Take this serious, my friends, and really Don't forget to incorporate some coping mechanisms tied in with your self-care. It is always good to prepare yourself with some coping skills. This is good for unexpected times when grief hits. Try deep breathing, journaling, listening to music, maybe just taking a break. You might need some space. I know I like to go, you know, for a drive by myself or a walk by myself, whatever works for you. And of course, refer back to my six simple tips. Number two is to set boundaries with holiday gatherings. Remember, you can choose to join in or not. You need to do whatever feels right to you. You might feel pressure to attend a holiday party or a family gathering, maybe a holiday show. Just remember to check in with your needs and truly identify your readiness. If you do commit to something, remember you can leave and you don't need to stay the entire time. It's also okay to opt out of certain things altogether. Finding a balance is very important. Number three is essential, not just with navigating your grief, but moving towards healing. And that's honoring your loved one. This is very important as I speak a lot about honoring your grief and outwardly mourning as part of our grief work. You see, this grief work is truly what brings us closer to healing and closer to feeling peace and joy in these difficult times and ultimately feeling closer to the person who died. So this can look like a lot of things perhaps honoring old traditions and honoring memories. It can be beautiful to continue with old traditions that existed. This is a way to keep their memory alive. So you need to think, what does this look like for you? Maybe pause now or later, maybe write their name down and think about how did they celebrate Christmas? Did they attend mass? Did they love to go Christmas caroling? Um, Just think about something that your loved one had 
as a tradition, so to speak, during the holidays. This does not need to be your typical tradition, okay? Perhaps they had a favorite Christmas movie. Sophia certainly did. She loved The Grinch and actually could do an amazing Grinch impression that was seriously impressive. So during the holidays, I make sure I watch The Grinch. And of course, another little addition to this, very important. It's actually a very awesome addition. I ensure that I have some candy cane Hershey's Hershey's Kisses. I have so many memories of Sophia enjoying these and they were just her favorite. Even when she was sick, I remember being with her at the Children's Hospital in London and she brought a bag of them and handed them out to to all of the nurses and staff and of course other sick children and their parents, anyone really that she crossed paths with. (laughs) Boy, she loved them. So I know whenever I see them in the store, once they pop up at Christmas time, it brings back such warm and very fond memories of Sophia. I allow them in and I really, really cherish them. So that's one thing that I do. I mean, it's endless, the ideas and the ways that you can find to honor your loved one. Maybe listen to their favorite Christmas songs. Did they bake or cook something in particular? Find their recipe and make it. I know Sophia loved to decorate. The more, the better. She really did love Christmas, and it brings me joy to put out certain decorations, joy and sadness. Remember, they can coexist. And I know that her sister and brother find joy in this as well. Last Christmas, we made wooden uh, Christmas ornaments. I felt like we were honoring Sophia as she was so crafty and artistic. She would have loved them. Like I said, this can look like so many different things. So I think that's it, my friends. I didn't want to throw too much at you. I don't want to overwhelm you during what can already be an overwhelming time. I tried to keep it simple. Remember, your self-care and compassion come first. Trust me, you'll have more to give and, and inadvertently more joy to receive. Set boundaries when you need to. Remember, whenever possible, surround yourself with people who love and support you and most definitely honor your loved one. Recognize that empty chair at the table. Perhaps have everyone write a special Christmas message and tuck it inside an ornament. Do something to outwardly mourn your loved one. Please remember Gratitude is the secret sauce to life. Before I say goodbye, please remember, seek support from friends and family, even coworkers and professionals if needed. Whether you have lost someone close to you or not, the holidays can bring up many complicated feelings. It's completely normal and can be helpful to seek services from a trained therapist if you need to. That's it, my friends. The holiday season is officially upon us. Don't forget to take it one day at a time, maybe even one breath if you need to. 
I'll leave you with some advice that I received shortly after my daughter died. Take all of the love that you have for Sophia and spread it around. And that's exactly what I plan on doing. I want to wish you the very, very best for a happy and healthy new year. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. That's a wrap for 2021.